Hallelujah. Um, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, very familiar passage. Amen. Look what it says. But, uh, what did I say? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen. I want to talk about this morning the blessings of choices. Amen. I believe that if you're going to break the cycle of insecurity, you got to make the right choices. Amen. But the blessings of choices. I alluded to this on Wednesday night. Uh, he gave him what I call dominion, rule, stewardship. He says, everything here is yours, but there's one thing you got to do. One thing you're not supposed to do or one thing you should not do. Don't mess with the tree of life. Amen. Leave it alone. And with a bad choice, amen, Eve, who was seduced by the serpent, ate from it, and now because of her choice, we are in the situation that we're in today. There are two sides to making choices. There's a blessing Amen. And then there are also consequences to making choices. Life with unshakable confidence and, and, and insecurities can be affected by the choices we make. The reason I've chosen this passage today because contextually, it plays a big part in the choices that we make. And oftentimes we say that I've made this choice for the betterment of my family. Or I made this choice for the betterment of my, myself. Or I made this choice because that was my only option. That's not a choice <laughs> if it's an only option. Choices means you have choices. Do I have anybody? Jesus, in this passage, started talking about, in chapter 6, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, amen, in book. Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about that when you give to the poor, don't parade around and telling everybody what you're doing for the poor. Just do it, amen, and move on. Let your, your good works be done in secret. And he moves to prayer. Amen. And he talks about, hey, you know, you got to pray a certain kind of way. You, you have to understand that whenever you fast and when you pray, don't walk around letting everybody know what you're doing spiritually. Yeah. Right? Just do it. He said, don't store up treasures for yourself in, in, on earth, but store up for treasures for yourself in heaven. I wonder, how do we store up treasures? If there's a place where we can store up treasures in heaven, there must be something to that. There must be the fact that all of us 
We all have a bank account in heaven. Or we may have a safe in heaven. Amen. Or we may have a place where we store up things in heaven. I don't know if it's a storage. I don't know what it is. But the Bible does say, don't store up for yourself treasures. I'm sorry, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy or where thieves can break in or steal. Amen. For where your treasure is. Amen. Now, what he's talking about, he's talking about finances. He says, where your treasure is, there also is your heart. So what he's saying is the thing that you invest the most time in, that's what you value. Are you with me? You see, choices that we make in life and choices as a believer, I don't believe that an unbeliever can choose church. I keep saying that. I don't believe that an unbeliever can choose Christ unless Christ calls him to himself. Do I have anybody? Jesus moved from all of this and then he moves into something that all of us struggle with. And that's worrying. He talks about worry. He says, listen, worry can cause you to make choices that you will regret for the rest of your life. So what did Jesus do? Look at verse 26. Jesus says in verse 26, he says, man, you're so worried about how you're going to make it. You're not worried about your treasure, your account in heaven because you're so focused on your account on earth. You're so focused on what you don't have on earth that you don't realize that heaven affects earth. Come on, help me somebody. And he says, he says, look at the birds, man. He said, look at the birds. He said, why are you worried? Why are you worried? Look at verse 25. He says, for this reason I say, do not be worried about your what? Your life. Isn't that something? Isn't that something how we worry all the time about our lives? We worried about, man, am I going to be able to keep my apartment? Am I going to keep my house? Am I going to be able to keep my car? We worry, 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 worry. And Jesus understood that it's an issue of choices. Because what he says next should settle the deal for all of us. He says, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat. This is what life sums up to. Eating, drinking, and looking good. What you gonna wear? I don't have the right clothes. I ain't coming to church because I ain't got my hair done. I ain't coming to church because I ain't got the right shoes. I ain't coming to church because guess what? And this, this, that, and the third. He said, don't worry about that. He said, listen, what you'll put on is life not worth more than what? Food and the body more than clothing? He says, you got some deeper issues. He says, now, verse 26, look at the birds. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father what? feeds them. Jesus is trying to help these people to understand that the choices that you make in life, amen, can affect everything. But there's one thing that you and I should stop worrying about, and that is how we're going to make it. I'm going to help somebody with something today. Stop worrying about how you're going to make it or how it's going to work out because God says if the birds don't, you think, how many got, how many got pets, <laughs> right? You think, they were, you think they'd be sitting there talking about, 
Man, where am I going to eat today? Right? No, 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 no. They ain't worried about that. They have never asked you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? You provide because you what? You are their what? Masters. I'm trying to help somebody. God is our master. And when we get to a place of maturity in our journey and we realize that the stuff that we give up, watch this, instead of serving God, the stuff we give up that hinders us from serving God, God says, if you would have served me, tell you never choices. If you would have chosen me, I would have given you everything and then some. I don't want to be the cup. I want to be the saucer. I wish I had somebody. I want the overflow because if you notice, the saucer is a little wider. You with me? You see, and when you trust God and when you make right choices, tell your neighbor there's a blessing in choices. Come on, somebody. Well, we're going to go on down to verse 33 now. But actually, Actually, verse 31 says, do not worry then saying, what will we eat? Days again. What will you drink and what will we wear for clothing? Watch what he says. He says, for the Gentiles, Gentiles meaning unbelievers, eagerly seek all these things. And this is the passage that changed my life over 16 years ago. This one phrase, for your heavenly father Man, let me tell you something. That came on like a light bulb for me. If God, no, I'm sorry. Because God knows, I'm not worried about my tomorrow. I'm not worried, come what may. Because God knows. And not only does he know, but watch the text, that you need. He knows our needs. And then verse 33 comes in. And look what he says. Listen, the man says, if you're not sure about your relationship with Christ, his church, and his purpose for your life, you will always struggle believing things like this. Listen, that God will take care of you if you put him first. Why do some people put their agenda before God? Because they lack confidence and belief in the promises of God. That's why. So how do you make right choices that will deliver you from this? Watch what he says in verse 33. He says, but seek. So if I say the blessings of choices, if I were to say to you this morning, what's the first thing? I would say the first thing is this. Choose your pursuits carefully. Not everything that you pursue will lead you or advance you in life. If what you're seeking is drawing you further away from God, then it's time for a redirection. I'm going to say it one more time. You ready? If what you're seeking and pursuing is taking you further away from God, then it's time for a redirection. It's time for a reconstruction. He can supply all your needs if we pursue him. Can I ask you something? 
Listen, listen to this. What you pursue will consume you. Now ask your question. What are you pursuing in life? Health, happiness, hope. What, what is it? Just, just getting by? Just getting enough? Amen. Looking at everybody, scratching off, wishing you a win? You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them lottery scratch-offs. What are you really, what are you really hoping for? So in life, if you want to get the blessings of your choices, choose your pursuits carefully. Look what he says. He said, seek what? First. That word first means before everything. It, it means of first importance or first, first place. So the second thing is choose what will have first place in your life. That's your question. What's first place in your life today? If I were to really ask you, what is it? Because whatever is first will dominate your life. Listen, we, put, we are so loyal to our jobs, man. We are so loyal to them. But let me tell you something, slip up. Oh, some of y'all experienced that. I have experienced that. You were there a long time. Anybody been, anybody been there? Right? You remember that? <laughs> I remember. I mean, listen, I did good. I traveled all over this country for this company. <laughs> okay? All over the country. I did that dirty work. I did it all. I, I was the gung-ho man. I was putting everything before God, and the job was number one. Let me tell you what happened. I made one mistake. They didn't give me a grievance. They didn't give me nothing. You know what they said? Bye. And my whole world went crumbling down because my job was my God. Anybody been there before? You put so much stock in that thing. The blessings of choice is this. You got to decide what you're going to put first in your, in your life. All right? Look what he says. He says, seek first what? His. No. No, 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 no. No, you got to look at the text. See, you got to look at the text, not the kingdom. The, there's a difference. Because we got a kingdom. <laughs> we got little kingdoms. You know what I'm saying? We got little kingdoms all over. You know what I'm saying? So he says his kingdom. He is the king and we are his subjects. And we are in God's kingdom. People think that if I put church first, it will take away from my family. Listen, but when you go to that ball game, when you go to wherever, you, how come you could sit for three hours in a ballpark, come on somebody, and you can't sit an hour or 30 minutes in church? But you're saying, oh, it's going to take away all from what? Come on, y'all. The next thing you got to choose is this. Choose. Cho choose to put his kingdom first. Let me tell you what God's kingdom constitutes. Not just the church. Not just this church. His kingdom is big. You understand? And there are different arms to his kingdom. And the kingdom works through, visibly through the church today. 
So, and there are things, as I was saying earlier, there are things to do in the kingdom. It's because when you're seeking the kingdom first, that God will give you the ability to balance between living your secular life and your spiritual life. Between raising your children and taking care. He said, you ain't got to worry about that. He says, I will give you those things. I will give you wisdom. I will give you time. I will give you talents. And I will give you treasures. But if you seek, my question is, do you know your purpose in his kingdom? Are you advancing his kingdom? Jesus says it contextually. You're worried about how you're going to make it, so that's why you can't show up. So here's my promise to you. If you seek first my kingdom, I know what you need. Let me take care of your physical needs while you serve me in the kingdom meeting spiritual needs. Oh, come on, help me, somebody. I wish I had a few men who could catch on to that. God wants you to serve him, period. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I got to move on because this is the part I got to get to right here. He says, seek first his kingdom and what? His righteousness. Listen, God's righteousness versus our righteousness. Now, let me explain this to you. There's two words, two Latin words I want to introduce you to. In other words, what he's saying here, he says, a Christian righteousness will lead to new obedience because righteousness means right living. I can't live right if I don't learn how to live right. Okay? A lot of people get saved and they think that, oh, I'm living right. You got to learn how to live right. He says, don't just seek the kingdom. I don't want you to just show up and work. I, I want you to show up and change. Listen, a human person is not righteous in God's eyes because of his choice or commitment, his good works, his piety, his emotions, his intellect. Instead, he is righteous because God chose you before the foundation of the world. You better hear me out. You should be shouting right there. You're not righteous because you gave your life to Jesus. You're righteous because God chose you. Are you with me? He, that person, that Christian, is in a right relationship with God when he simply receives the imputed obedience of Christ and for the forgiveness of their sins. When we accept Christ, we take on his righteousness. So now we have the ability to live right. Watch this. Christian righteousness is freely given by the spirit through the means of grace. God gives you his righteousness. You are in God's eyes. He looks at you as a righteous, holy person because he sees Christ. Now watch this. He says, but what you have to do is you have to build on that righteousness. Watch this. There are two, two Latin words. The righteousness that comes from God is coram deo. And that righteousness means righteousness in the eyes of God. 
It means before living before the face of God. That's that's karam deo. Karam deo, but then you have karam mundo. That's righteousness that's lived before the eyes of the world. I'm going to say it one more time. Karam deo means living your life before the eyes of God. Karam mundo means living your righteousness in front of people. So in other words, when I donate to someone and I make a big deal about it, my righteousness is being lived before the world. Oh, he's a good person because he gave. He's a good person, but let me help you with something. The righteousness, Karam Dio, Dio sanctifies the righteousness, Karam Mundo, the one you live before people. So when you seek his righteousness, your works are sanctified by God. And then there are blessings that come because you are learning how to live righteously. The essence of Karam Deo is to live one's entire life in the presence of God, under the authority of God, to give glory to God. So what's the choice? Give me the next, next choice. Choose to live before the face of God. Choose. Listen, if you're going to seek his righteousness, Choose that, God, I'm going to live my life in front of you, knowing that you see me, knowing that you know what I need, God. Let my Koram Deo be the essence of why I do what I do. So when my Koram Mundo, come on somebody, is displayed to the world, they can say, man, what is the hope? For why you believe in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? You got to choose to live before the what? Before the face of God. He says when you seek his kingdom and Koram Deo, his righteousness. I'm going to say it one more time. His righteousness. Not Koram Mundo. Telemundo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> I practiced that a whole lot. <laughs> when you live your life, amen, not for people to see your righteousness. But what they see is a part. Listen, when you seek first his kingdom, when you show up here and you do what you're supposed to do, God's righteousness begins to, to permeate from your life. God starts seeing you. God starts seeing your face. How come God, oh man, God can't see your face that often? How can you live before his face if you're never in his kingdom? He says, and all these what? Things will be what? added to you. What things? What things? Food, clothing, and shelter. Men, if I can encourage you today, I'm talking to the men now. That's what our deal is. We worry about how we're going to take care of our family. If you 
Seek first God's kingdom. Coromdale, his righteousness. He says, all, I'm about to close now, these things will be added unto you because your heavenly father knows. Here's my last point. Choose to continue with your commitment and he will bless you. Choose to what? That's the blessing of your choice. Everything you need, God will give it to you because you made the right choice. We are to work while we wait for the rapture. We are to seek first God's kingdom. We are to make the choices that will bring us closer to Christ. We are to make the choices that will bring us in a place where we are getting better and better and better. A gardener of a large estate in, in northern Italy was conducting a visitor uh, was conducting a visitor through the castle and the beautiful well-groomed grounds. The visitor had lunch with the gardener and his wife and he commended them for the beautiful way they kept they were keeping the gardens. But he asked, he says, by the way, when was the last time the owner was here? He said, well, about 10 years ago. The visitor asked, then why do you keep the garden so immaculate in a, such a lovely manner knowing he ain't going to be back? The gardener replied, because I'm expecting him to return. The, 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 the visitor asked, is he coming next week? Uh, did he call you? What? The gardener said, no, I don't know when he's coming, but I'm expecting him today. You see, the reason we seek first the kingdom <laughs> is because the Bible says no one knows the hour. No one knows the second. No one knows when. Listen, you don't want to get caught. Come on, somebody. Expects. You don't want to be caught at the weed man house. You don't want to be caught in somebody else's bed. Oh, yeah. Because I can tell you this with 100% surety. The one book left to be fulfilled is Revelation. One book. The prophecies that, that are in Ezekiel and Daniel have been pushed up into Revelation. And in Revelation, the Bible says that he's coming back. Okay? Now, I don't want to seek the kingdom out of fear out of intimidation. I want to seek the kingdom because I understand out of, out of it being a, um, you know, uh, how they call that thing? Um, you know how people do things? Um, uh, what they call it? Superstition. You know, I come to church because 
It's the right thing to do. I want to seek first his kingdom and his quorum Deo. I want to live in the face of God. His righteousness. You know, that really blessed me because I realized something. My righteousness, my quorum mundo, means nothing without his quorum Deo. And I say this to you today. I'm seeking personally the arrival of my Savior. I am seeking that because he's coming back and I hope he comes back before I close my eyes. But I want to make sure that when he comes back, I, like the gardener, <laughs> don't have to get my house in order. Don't have to go pull up weeds. Don't have to go, no, I'll cut the grass later. You know, shoot, you know. He lived as if he was coming today. And if we make the right choice, let me help you with something. Sometimes in church, church life can be difficult. You know, you have your up days, you have your down days, you have in-between days. But guess what? If you're seeking God, you'll be able to handle what comes your way. Amen? Give God a hand clap of praise. And um, today, if, uh, if you need prayer, and maybe, you're, maybe you're there. You know, you're pastor. You know what? I need to seek first his kingdom. I, I need to put his kingdom before everything. Um, maybe it's the righteousness that we talked about, his righteousness. Maybe your choices. Maybe you need to reprioritize your choices. Amen. Today. Pastor, I need to reprioritize my choices because if, 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 if you can get this, y'all, I showed you in Scripture. Why do you worry about food, clothing, shelter when he knows your needs? That's how I do it, man. I'm like, God, I said this on Wednesday night. I don't worry about how I'm going to make it. I don't worry about them bills, man. Let them come. When I learned that principle and I grabbed onto that promise, here's the thing. The reason, there's two reasons a person has lack. Two reasons. Mismanagement and robbing God. Period. Mismanagement and robbing God. And if you solve those two problems, you'll always have an advantage.